Bonjour, good morning everyone. Welcome back to Afro People Hour Time. It's your host here, Daniel DeBoss. And with me, my co-host. Hi everyone, it's Mireille. Welcome back to our podcast. I hope everyone is staying warm because these temperatures are ridiculous. We're actually in Minnesota recording today and I am having the worst time ever. A few days ago, we were recording in Texas and it was 80 degrees, which is uh, how many how many degrees in the Celsius is that? Isn't that like... I know, it's pretty warm. Yeah, like 24? Yeah, something like that. Are you sure? Can you Google it? Just make sure. I don't want to give false information here. Because for our uh, folks listening in the in the continent, I think we, we use uh, Celsius, right? You were close. It's 26, 27 degrees. Ah, look at that. I'm still good with my math, huh? I know with the temperatures, there's been a lot of like flu and... And we're dealing with this fluorona pandemic. Okay, so for those who are in the U.S., like you can get four free COVID testing kits to any residential address, but you can only get the four per address. Did you get your kit? Yes, thanks for sending me the link. I got my kit, so maybe you can put the uh, link on the podcast for those who haven't gotten that yet. I mean, they should have already gotten by now. I'm sorry. If you haven't gotten it, then I don't know. But but the way they're doing it, I believe that everybody's going to have access to it to get the four free testing kits for COVID. Um, again, and these are the at-home tests. This is not any like special test. It's just the regular at-home, 15 minutes at-home test that you can take to test if, you're, if you think you're you maybe have symptoms. Yeah, I think the other day we were talking to someone who was saying like, well, why don't they just like, put the test in the mailbox you know how we get junk mail all the time and they're just like packed full in the mailbox like why don't they just do that why do we have to physically go and enter our information and like you know ask them to like mail to your address that's true because like you said when you get a junk mail you can always see you know many things that the post office can send to you they have everybody's address but i think you know this might go into something that we might not want to discuss about politics because some people don't want to get the test so but I mean, if they don't want the test, they can just like get rid of it. But I guess, you know, on a business standpoint, again, it's politics and business. You, you st- they still need to see, okay, we don't want to waste tests for anybody that doesn't need it. So we're only going to send to the people that actually want the test. So that's a good idea. But now, but here's the thing though. They're only saying four per household. What if a household has like 12 people staying in there? So they only get four? Because you cannot apply uh, for more than like, like, so separate people cannot apply under one household. Don't even try that because I tried already. So it's not going to work. Yeah, that's kind of tricky because like you said, I mean, if you have like a whole family with you, not just you know, living with a partner or on your own. So how can you get four kids for like 12 people? How do you divide the test? Then who, who then gets the test and who doesn't get the test? But can you reorder or get like a refill or something? um excuse you <laughs> for now they just said four four tests for now so i don't think we're gonna order anything like that um i mean if one person is sick in the household i guess we're gonna assume everybody is sick too so you all don't you all don't need a test so i just think that they're doing it just to ease some of the lines long lines at the testing centers because it's been ridiculous and then combined with the flu with flu season it's just really hard to see if you have the flu or you have the Rona or whether it's flu Rona. Be safe out there, guys. All right. So we are back to discussing the event of 
the month, which is the AFCON. And there's been so much going on. I know, Daniel, you have updates for us for the past games last week. And so many things happened. I mean, some of the things I know because I watch them, others I don't. So I'm looking forward to your updates. By the way, did you know it was uh, Abu Bakr's um, birthday today? Well, that's good. How did you know that? Uh, well, I mean, it was trending, so I saw that. But excuse me, you mean to tell me that this Abu Bakr is only 30 years old? Like, that man that man looks old. Are you serious? It looks like he's like at least four. I give him at least 40 years old. So which is a good thing? Is it a good thing or a bad thing to look older and be younger? Um, I don't know if that's a positive thing, though, because that's why I kept saying, why does the other team, why do they look younger? And like, I mean, now this is, you know, allegedly... People use different ages when they're playing sports because they want to be able to play longer. They reduce their ages by by I guess, a certain amount. But is this like official? Like, do sports world recognize, recognize that people do that, or is it something that I guess African teams do? Because I mean, it's been an issue recently in the world of sports, especially in Africa. So that's why technology has been advanced. That in recent years, it's way harder to do that. You can determine somebody's age from their DNA, the bones, and all those various ways right now. So now it's getting more and more difficult. But if a player already passed the first stages when he was young and changed his age, then it's hard to tell him that he's lying right now. Okay. Anyways, what's been going on in the sports world, Danny? As we know from um, January 9, the beginning of this uh, month, the tournament has begun. And so far, I'll just give you a rundown of the first round of matches. Because now we are going to the, what they call, 16th finals or the teams that is the knockout stages. So from this round coming up, when you get eliminated, you are done. So if you lose a game, you are out and you're done for the tournament. Now, in the first group, that's where you saw the Cameroon versus Burkina Faso, where you were saying that... Burkina base. The Burkina base. And where you were saying all the players look so young compared to the Cameroonians. That game finished with the Cameroon victory. Two goals to one. Now, in the same group was Ethiopia and Cape Verde. And Cape Verde won two, one, zero. But this was not really a big match because in this opening tournament, people were worried about all the restrictions to go to the games. Because Cameroonians had to walk, they had to do different things, and then people had to do negative tests. You have to be negative tested, vaccinated, take off work, to fill the stadiums. So people were surprised that for the first game, the stadium was a little bit empty. And so they were like, I thought people have been waiting for this tournament forever. So how come now the stadiums are empty? Now, we move on to the next games that happened. The tournament favorite, Senegal, played against Zimbabwe. But Senegal almost did not win that game. It took a last-minute equalizer on penalty by Sadio Mane to give Senegal the victory and then won their first match. Similarly, Morocco and Ghana finished in the score of 1-0 to Morocco. The other big games in the group were Gabon against Comoros because Gabon, as we discussed last time, had an issue of living in the same hotel because they wanted to live by their embassy. So Cameroonians were not happy about the way Gabon was treating Cameroon. Same thing with Morocco, who brought their whole team and everybody with them from their countries because they didn't want any Cameroonians involved. But they won their first game. So there was nothing crazy happening in these first rounds so far, just the normal teams winning. 
as we expect. In the third games, when we had Algeria play Syria Leon. Now, put this in perspective, it's like the biggest team in the world playing a very small team. Yeah, Algeria is like the reigning champion, right? I mean, was the reigning champion of the African Cup of Nations. Did they win the last two games? So before this game that they drew, oh, they haven't lost in about 35 matches. So they won, like you said, they're the reigning Afghan or Khan champions. And they also won a tournament before they came to this um, African Cup of Nations, like a tournament for North America. So everybody was expecting Algeria to dominate the tournament. But guess what the score was against Syria Leon? Algeria won. Well, Syria Leon drew with Algeria 0-0. And that's a nation that is not even as very good in big in soccer compared to Algeria. Wow. Oh, my God. That's crazy. But So Syria Leon is not even a popular team in terms of like soccer. Yeah, because they're not even um, qualified for the past couple of African Cup of Nations. So this is the first time in a long time coming to this Cup of Nations. And soccer or football is not really as developed compared to Algeria. That's why everybody was looking at it like, wait, this is the team that dominated the last African Cup of Nations. But then guess what? After that first game, Algeria started complaining about the stadium. I did not watch the Sierra Leone game, so I didn't know the score. But I um, heard that, I saw a couple of posts and people were saying that, yeah, our stadiums were having issues. And that um, there were people in the news from Algeria who were saying that, Les Africains là ont les gris gris. That's basically saying those black African people have witchcraft. I'm just like, what the hell? Like, I'm sorry. Like, don't be a sore loser. You, your team just sucks. Just say you suck. You don't need to go into like... And then also, also excuse me, are Algerians not Africans too? Well, they are not Africans. So, you know, they always say not Africans feel like they're different from the other parts of Africa because they, they feel like they belong more to the Middle East. I mean, that's fine if they feel that they belong to the Middle East, but you are in the continent of Africa, so um, you're African, buddy. You know, you can identify as Middle Eastern, and that that's okay, but you're in the African continent. I don't know where the separation... I'm really curious to uh, talk to any Algerian people to see what their thoughts are because from what i've seen in the news a lot of what was going on is that they pretty much just did not want to mingle or be around any of like the other teams and then well not the team themselves the people in the news who were being interviewed were saying that yeah those black people and their gri gri is witchcraft and yeah gri gri is probably why they lost the game so again i feel like football fanatics can get that you know that crazy right but you know we, we see we don't see other teams other nations saying the same thing other african countries saying those same things after losing the game why is it only coming from those teams in the north yeah they feel like they are more developed compared to the other nations like west africa and on that same day even egypt also lost to nigeria so they were also using excuses that oh you know uh, something was wrong. It's not really normal that they were not. It was too early. They played too early. It was too hot. Like it's not hot in Egypt and Algeria too. It's hot in those nations. Oh, That's the pharaoh with deserts. They have deserts and everything there. 
so that exactly we- like you're in the freaking desert like what do you mean by oh it's too hot it's too hot like anyway maybe it's just because this whole pandemic wait did they play an afghan before afghan before the pandemic or was it when it just started the last afghan was i think just right before the pandemic started because it was in 2019 Okay, then that's not too bad because, you know, they, I guess they played that year and then the pandemic started, things have changed. I don't know, are there players not playing in like different soccer clubs in Europe? Because apparently every other African player plays in Europe. Well, they were happy about the last AFCON because guess what? It was in Egypt, so North Africa. So now they're all happy that, oh yeah, we're in our own zone. Now that they're coming to a different zone, they're all saying, oh, something is wrong, it's the sun. Is the field is black magic, so like you said, they're finding excuses to come when they play in West Africa now. Well, I guess they could not complain about the food or the the people in their hotel because they kicked everybody out and only had their people. So what else can they complain about? Anyway, I just think that's poor sportsmanship, um, and it just makes the country looks bad. But you know, the thing is that this it's not the players themselves that are saying this, right? These are just like some of the people from Algeria or from Egypt that I'm saying this thing. So let's not, you know, blame the entire country for saying things that only a select few or maybe half of them said. Right, exactly. So that's a good point you made. Now let's move on to the second round of games that happened, you know, in the group stages. So the second round then, Cameroon came with a blistering scoreline that has not been seen in the African Cup of Nations in a long time. They won the game against Ethiopia four goals to one. Yeah, they are which sorry. was very surprising. We like slaughtered Ethiopia. Ethiopia, love you guys. Love Ethiopian food. But man, that game was just juicy. And the funny thing was that they, they came back down because Ethiopia was leading 1 0. So they scored four straight unanswered goals. So for Cameroonians, it felt really surprising to see that. Answered. He said unanswered. You know, explain that term to those of us who are not soccer fanatics what does that mean on unanswered goals means that one team is scoring and the other team is not scoring that's the meaning of unanswered goals so that was, that was pretty interesting the second round then moving on to the other games there was not really any big surprise but the ending of the gabon ghana game was a big shock ghana was leading 1-0 and it was about the 19th minute of the game and then a player of ghana was injured so they thought that the referee would stop the game to let them recover the player and get back to playing. But Gabon never put the ball out of the field. So they went and tr- went and scored a goal to finish the game. This became a big fight because Ghana was telling the referee that we had stopped playing. How come you are still letting this goal count? And so the players started fighting with each other. And this became Yes. They were like physically fighting. Yes. A player from Ghana punched a Gabon player. So he had to be suspended and got a red card. Yikes. That's so embarrassing. Oh my goodness. Even though Gabon was not fair play, they have to follow the rules of football or soccer. They cannot just start making rules of the jungle. Another surprise was Senegal drawing with Guinea. Senegal, everybody, like I said, is the tournament favorite. They thought they'll win their games easily, but they found out that games were going to be hard to win. Nothing else surprising in that round until we come to Algeria. Mireille, after Algeria playing Syria Leon, 
the next team they play is Equatorial Guinea. So obviously you think it'll be an easy victory, right? Obviously, it should have been easy, but it was not. And the score ended up being zero Algeria, one Equatorial Guinea. That is just crazy. That's unheard of. Like, but you watch this game, right? Like what, I mean, anyway, I don't know the uh, sports terms used, but in the technical terms, like how they're like defending the ball or pressing against the other team. Like, was it that Equatorial Guinea was playing a lot stronger? Algeria was not, it was not up to the task. Like what was the issue? So watching the game, it looked like Equatorial Guinea had a good defensive plan where most people don't like this sometimes because they say that the, the team is playing with no, like, any tactics. But Equatorial Guinea had everybody defend as Algeria players were trying to score. Now, Algeria missed a couple of opportunities to score, about six or seven. And this is when what you were mentioning earlier came into place, that they said they saw witchcraft around the goals of Equatorial Guinea. Oh my that, God, they saw witchcraft. Who no, Who said they saw witchcraft? This was the supporters. They were saying that they saw Equatorial Guinea supporters and other West African supporters throwing things around the goals of the Equatorial Guinea so that way Algeria could not score. It became a very big issue because when they lost that game, the coach came and complained about the field. So people were like, but Equatorial Guinea was playing the same field. How does that make any difference? And in that same group again, Syria Lund continued their surprising run because they drew with Ivory Coast, two goals to two. But this game ended in a very funny fashion. Ivory Coast was leading two goals to one. And all of a sudden, the goalkeeper decided to catch the ball and then throw it back on the ground. Like by he like stum- he like stumbled. So he catched the ball from a, a kick. But the ball slipped out of his hand and he threw it back on the ground. And the Syria Lund player was like, the ball was in front of him and the goal empty. He's like, what? Thank you. And he just tapped the ball into the net. Oh, seriously? Yes. It was very comical. If you haven't seen it, I can put the YouTube link on there of the video. It's a very comical vision of how that goal happened. And so the goalkeeper was looking at the ball entering the net. So after he scored, after they scored, then he pretended he was injured. So that way the, the referee cannot say it's a goal. Wait, okay, that doesn't make any sense. So you're saying that the goalkeeper caught the ball and then he stumbled on the ball and just let it go. And then the Sierra Leone player just saw the ball on the ground and then he kicked it in. But then how could he pretend that he was injured during the whole time the uh, player was scoring? He was just standing there and watching. So how, how did he pretend he was injured? Exactly. He was saying that, oh, something happened to him that his body motion what has stopped. So... It's not fair that they, that they allowed the goal that he just, you know, had a, a, yeah, a twitch the, or the, something. The, 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 the black magic, uh, you know, <laughs> made him freeze in place so he could not catch the ball. That is that is some bullshit. Like, it's just ridiculous that, you know, I don't know. I mean, they, I mean I'm mean, i sure he was so embarrassed. Like, they were all embarrassed about, like, that game. Yes. So that was a really crazy ending to the bye second bye round bye of bye games. Bye-bye. So Adria and Egypt are gone. Well, at this stage, it was the second game, right? So Algeria still had one last chance to go because now we move on. Good transition, Mira, to the third games and final games of the group round. So at this point, Cameroon's team in his group were already leading. So people thought that Cameroon would win the third game. But surprisingly, the Cape Verdeans 
drew with Cameroon 1-1. So Cameroon still went top of their group and Burkina Faso went second of the group. You know, that's crazy. A lot of the underdog teams are shining a lot. And I don't know where underestimating, well, when I say where, I mean, most football fanatics are underestimating the amount of training and gameplay. And like you were saying the other time, maybe it's because some of the players that are in these bigger teams are not used to playing on African ground for long. So the teams that are in like Sierra Leone or all this Equatorial Guinea or other countries that are not very, maybe have popular players in Europe. You know, most of the most of their players are playing in Africa. So they are used to the heat. They are used to the environment, the terrain. It's very interesting to see. Exactly. So that makes good points because now from this first group, Cameroon won with seven points. Burkina Faso was second with four points. And Cape Verde was third with four points. Some third-place teams can advance to the next round. So Cape Verde with four points were in a good position. Moving on to the Group B, those who qualified then in that case, Senegal drew with Malawi again. So still surprising. And then in this case, Guinea was second with four points. Malawi with four points was third. So Malawi was looking good again. Now this Group 2 of Gabon, Morocco, Comoros and Ghana is where the biggest drama happened of this first round. Because, Mireille, if I tell you, you have a group with Morocco, Ghana, Gabon, and a team called Comoros, which would you say would advance to the next round? Of course, um, Morocco. That, that's like a good team. And then, I'm sorry. Like, and who else? Um, Ghana. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Morocco and Ghana, these are two pretty strong teams. Like, I'm sorry, and I, I don't mean to be like, on the mind, but like, where is Comoros in the first place? <laughs> so this is what happened after this round of games. Everybody, one of the most searched terms was Comoros in Africa. Where is it? Amire, can you help us to tell people where Comoros is? Comoros is actually a uh, country in East Africa. I actually did not know where Comoros was. I'm, I'm actually looking it up right now because I'm like, I, I, is it an island? Yeah, but it's like on the... Uh, on the east coast of Africa. So exactly, that was one of the most searched terms because Comoros defeated Ghana. And this means that Ghana was the last team in their group because Morocco went through as the first team. Gabon was second. But Comoros defeating Ghana, this was the biggest shocker from the first round. Nobody could have seen Ghana, who is third in the most trophies in the African Cup of Nations going out the first round that is crazy i tried to call all my friends who were Ghanaians, and nobody wanted to pick up their phone so this was really funny because it's really embarrassing in terms of I soccer nation how would you feel if you know cameroon lost or a team that you like lost like i can uh, testify to seeing your face when your favorite um, NBA uh, teams in lebron james team loses you're like salty af so Obviously, they wouldn't want to talk to you because they're mad that their team lost in such in such an embarrassing way. Fair point. That's a fair point because yeah, I wouldn't want to pick up the phone to if we lost to a nation that like we are saying no offense, just that in terms of soccer they're not known for that. To move on to the other rounds of the groups, Egypt was able to win their final game, and the only team in the first round to go undefeated, winning all their three games was Nigeria. 
So a big congrats to the Nigerians for getting the nine points out of the three games. So in this group, Nigeria ended up first, Egypt second, and Sudan third. Okay, no, I was just going to ask in terms of ranking, like uh, Nigeria is like on the number one after the first round. Yes, exactly. So when they gave the trophies out for the first round, they said Nigeria was the best team of the first round, followed by Cameroon. Now, we thought Ghana was going to be the only shock of this first round. But as we were talking about Algeria, 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 they had a last opportunity because even though they drew the first game and lost the second game, they were playing an Ivory Coast team who needed only a draw to be qualified for the next round. So all they had to do was beat Ivory Coast. But surprisingly, Ivory Coast scored first before Equatorial Guinea even scored in the other game. So Algeria coming with their best players, they miss a penalty. They, and then they miss a lot of shots. And Ivory Coast dominated this game. It was all one-sided. Were these, were these all the same players that played in the uh, 2019 African Cup of Nations? The same Algerian players? Most of them, one player had COVID-19, so he could not play the games. But most of them were the stars who play in the big leagues. Riyad Mahrez plays in Manchester City. Benanomi, he plays in West Ham. So they had a lot of big stars who play in the Premier League playing in Algeria. So from this round, Algeria and Ghana were both last in their groups. And being last meaning that they're eliminated. Exactly. So only the top three teams move to the next round. The top two move 100%, but then they look at the ranking of the of the third teams in the group and the best ones are going through. Okay. So, like I said, this first round was filled with a lot of drama. Let's hope as we go now to the knockout stages, the drama will continue. So, yes, what is coming for you in the knockout stages beginning tomorrow? Burkina Faso is playing Gabon. And then Nigeria is playing Tunisia. Cameroon versus Comoros. But this game might not actually take place. What's going on? A lot of the Comoros players, I think about seven, have COVID-19. Yikes. And they don't have replacements for all seven? Because don't you have to be like, what, 11 to play the game? Exactly. But the problem is that in this case, all of the goalkeepers have COVID. So there's no official goalkeeper. Oh my God, that is crazy. So, how, I mean, I'm, well, I was going to say, how did they get it? But I'm like, look, right now, people claim that they are in confinement, but who knows who they are bringing in and out, right? So Exactly. So the rules before the tournament started by the CAF was that if a team cannot have official goalkeeper or enough players to play, they will have to forfeit the match. So... Unfortunately for Comoros, having a big dream of coming to the knockout stage after beating Ghana, this will be a sad way for them to end the tournament. So let's hope for their sake, the players will recover by the Monday game. Yeah, let's give a round of applause to Comoros for a job well done. That was a very uh, brilliant effort. So unfortunately, COVID came, but you guys did well. Well, but as a Cameroonian, I would like to play them still so I can see my team play. Uh, no, no, no. We don't need to be playing with them so we can get our players sick. Oh, that's true. That's a good point because they must be having the, the signs of the yeah, virus. They know we're, we're, we're clear and then, you know, somebody gets sick. Nope. Exactly. Absolutely not. So, yeah, apart from that game to a Monday, we also have Guinea against Gambia. On Tuesday, the games are Senegal versus Cape Verde 
and Morocco is playing Malawi. On Wednesday, we have the biggest shock of this round. Ivy Cross is playing Egypt. So that will be a mouth-watering match to watch. Yeah, so that's going to be a huge elimination. But why are they putting like two big teams against each other like that? Because Egypt finished second in their group. They didn't play very well. If they had finished top of their group, then yes, they wouldn't have had this issue. So I feel like with the way everything has gone through, Ivory Coast has a really good shot because they've played strong teams already and they've eliminated them. So they're, get, they're getting the most experience on the field with playing the uh, most... Um, yeah, most pundits and fans and various commentators of soccer see Ivory Coast going to the finals. So they will have to pass through Cameroon in the semifinals if we go for that far too. So you think uh, Cameroon can beat Ivory Coast? After this round of matches, I will give you my predictions for who is going to win in the semifinals and the finals. But yes, I just to start now, I can think that Cameroon will meet Ivory Coast in that semifinal. And so, my people, here are the games we can look forward to in this exciting African Cups of Nations. Right. Thanks so much for that breakdown. I am excited. So we barely have. So the month is actually over and we have what? What? Two more weeks in the game? About that. Besides like, you know, soccer, what else happens? Like, are there any like events that happen surrounding the African Cup of Nations in terms of like music, culture or that just happens on the opening day and then it's just the games itself. Yes, the games are the focus in the African Cup of Nations at this point. But yes, the opening ceremony has a lot of artists and in the country right now, they have concerts going on and places where people can watch the game and do entertainment. So yes, even though the games and matches are the main focus, there are other exciting entertainment going on around the country. But most of the time, the musicians come on the opening ceremony, the big artists, and on the closing ceremony. Okay, great. Fun. Looking forward to the next round of games. And then uh, we'll wait to see uh, Daniel's uh, prediction for the finals. And so, my friends, we are going to round up today with a uh, African proverb. Uh, D-Boss, what do you have for us today? Le proverbe du jour. Si tu veux aller loin, va seul. Si tu veux aller là où il y a la destinée, va avec tout le monde. In English, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. This is for the African nations. North Africa, we are together as West Africa. Let's not blame our brothers and sisters for things that happen. We should all work together, not work alone. Yeah, that just sounds like some kumbaya shit, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, it's not just North Africa and West Africa. North, South, East, West, you know, we're all one. And even though we may get all like fanatic with our sports, you know, let's not cross the boundaries and uh, let's just, you know, be good sportsmen. And if we lose, we lose. We win, we win. All right. Thanks, guys. If you enjoy our show today, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are available anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll see you on the next one. I'm your host, Mireille. The boss. Ciao. And see you next time. Bye.